0: Beauty. Oh, what another big show. We're looking forward to it. We've got some great tips for you coming. Also, we're getting a guy that was, or spoke to, only a couple of podcasts ago about snapper fishing in Western Port Bay. Yes. But he's got an amazing story about a $120,000 boat. Radio Herb. (laughs) We talk about some great fishing places around the world and. It's the art, and that's what we want to do. We want to find people exactly like yourself who are just passionate about fishing. That's right. Talk about the El Dorado
1: fishing spider, the the places where you dream about, (laughs) where you just want to go
0: and wet a line. Sometimes you can't take a boat because it's overseas, and that's what we're here to do. Yeah, and I wonder if these people are passionate about coming to Australia to learn about what we fish about. But we are going to South Africa, which is amazing. I'm really excited about this Hooked on Africa .co.za, and Sean is joining us right now. Sean, thank you very much for joining the Anglers.
1: Yeah, morning, guys. Morning all the way here from Hart Bay, Cape yes. Town, South Africa. Yes, down the south end too, isn't it? Cape Town, isn't it? That's correct, yeah, down in the south. Little yes. town outside of
2: Cape Town, all good.
1: Yeah, wow. I've done a little bit of study about what you guys do down there, and I'm fascinated. Massive big tuna. Marlon. Mahi mahi like am I am I correct saying this like, you used go out you used target some big fish
2: yeah so different different times of the year obviously like anywhere in the world we've got prime times prime times here October November and other prime time April and May during those two times we target big tuna 80 kilos plus wow. um yellowfin big eye and also, the last three or four years, we've had a lot of the southern bluefin, which has really added a bit of spice to our fishing. But it's just—it's on on the right day, it's absolutely world class. You know, people come here that have never caught a fish before and catch one of 95 kilos. It's just unbelievable. They think it's just easy, yeah. but not every day is like that, as you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's fishing. Yeah, that is that is fishing. But the, for people that uh, you know, how do you? How do you go about catching some of these big fish? Um, you know, Herb, you know the different setups we have in Australia. Definitely. Do you have similar setups over there in South Africa?
2: Yeah, we, look, we, we do. So, so effectively, we firstly got to run for two hours to get to where the fish are. Then we start off by trolling. Normally troll six lines, completely different spread that, that we utilize for the tuna. Once we hook one, then it comes down to the chumming and hold them at the boat. We try and hold them at the boat for the duration of the day. That's easier said than done because once they've eaten their full. they bugger off, as you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, we do a similar bit here. We trawl skirts and hard bodies and whatnot. We do get a few tuna. But, I mean, South Africa, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the wilderness. I mean, as well as your big game animals on land, These tuna are massive, 95-kilo tuna. They're huge, mate. Are you using the heavy tackle stand-up? Are you got marlin chairs? Or or, or is an angler going there and he's got the battle of his life when they hook these fish?
2: All all our fishing is stand-up. We don't use fighting chairs here. We use uh, Black Magic, all stand-up fishing. Um, We use 37-kilo or 80-pound tackle. Some guys use a bit less. We also host two major competitions here in Cape Town where we actually catch these fish on 10 kilo line. Wow. Which is a very competitive, which is very, very competitive. Yeah, Five-hour, seven-hour fights. Normally ends in tears, like going <laughs> to a gunfight
1: with a knife. Someone's going to lose, mate. <laughs> oh, you'd have to pour a few beers down his <laughs> throat for a seven-hour fight, I tell you. Um, one, thing Absolutely. I wanna, one thing I want to ask you, look, we've got a problem over here with sharks. Do you have a shark problem over there? Are they eating your catch? Are there too many sharks over there? Or is, are you getting your fish to the boat relatively shark-free?
2: We we don't have a shark problem here. Look, we do catch the mako, normally on the troll or on the bait. Uh, we we also have, while we're baiting, we, we have the, the Atlantic blue the blue shark that comes in, but he's normally just there to feed. He doesn't worry about the tuna while you've hooked the tuna. Yeah, Our man. biggest problem here, actually, is seals. Believe it or not, seals is the biggest problem.
1: Seals eat your catch? Because they, seals
2: attack the fish, like a, you know, like a, they actually latch on, particularly to the smaller class fish. Our longfin tuna, they 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 latch onto them and then they feed on it and thrash it around trying to get a chunk out of it while it's on the end of your line.
0: Wow! So they're looking for an easy feed.
1: Correct. That's right.
0: Okay. Can we ask? Um, That's right. I'm really fascinated about you know the people that go out fishing. Uh, if now the rules and regulations, what are they? Do you have rules as in? Like no one else is allowed to take touch the rod. That is your fish. Um, it doesn't matter how long it takes to get it in.
2: So what we what we basically do here, because most of our work is charter work, the group we only do private charters. So whether you're one or six to us, the cost to us is the same. Yep. When we go out there, they make a decision as to how they want to run it. Look, we had a we had. Uh, we had three ladies out from the states the other day. I managed to get them a big bigger tuna of hundred and thirteen kilos. It went to all three of them three times, so they started <laughs> one because for them it's yeah. for them it's an adventure activity. they're not really worried about IGFA or getting a record or anything like that. so for them it's a it's a day on the ocean they, they 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 really enjoyed their day, loved it. And we're just there to help them and supervise them and, 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 and try and teach them the best way when to pull, when not to pull. Because at the end of the day, when you're catching these fish, big fish on stand-up, it's all about technique rather than strength.
1: Definitely, definitely. The pump and wind motion, keeping a tight line. Absolutely. And if you do need to, you can tag team out too and help your mate or if you want. It, it, some people like the trophy and the, and the glory of the fight. But, um, you know, I mean... What is the biggest tuna or what is the best catch you've had out there off Cape Town? So I think the biggest one we've had
2: so far is about 135 kilo, 135 kilo Big Eye, wow. which I think is the biggest that was landed here currently, 135. That Look, we get the Big Eye tuna and the bluefin in, in your April and May period into June. So as we start to edge into winter, those big fish are around. And they tend to be bigger then than in October, November. You know, we, we our, our sort of average day here, what we would regard as an average day here, is probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 longfin tuna, which has got an average size of about sort of 10 to 15 kilos. Yeah. And then we'd probably boat five five yellowfin, five nice yellowfin over 50 kilos. Wow. That would be an average day as far as we're concerned here, Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, I want to talk bag limits uh, with you, Sean. What can the punters take home? Do they take fish home? Are, are they keeping these fish, and what are they like on the chew? Are they good on the barbie?
2: Absolutely. So what we do is I've got a team of guys. Obviously, I've run this business for 30 years. I've got a team of guys here when we get back. They cut fish up for the clients to take home and enjoy. I've also got a deal with a restaurant we launched from, that if the clients are staying in a hotel, the restaurant will cook the fish for them. Oh. So they can either have a lunch or a dinner which is quite nice. So we fill it up. That? They carry the fillet into the restaurant. The guys can sit down have a couple of beers, a glass of wine, uh, and uh, enjoy uh, the catch uh, that uh, they've had for the day. And then they come upstairs to the club where the drinks are much cheaper, and then they've had their full of food and they can enjoy a few beers.
1: Oh, get out. I'm <laughs> booking a plane ticket. I tell you, I'm coming over. That sounds unbelievable. Oh.
0: Yeah, before we do let you so go. That's,
1: yeah, that's what that That's what we do, that's what
2: we do in terms of the bag limits, you know this is Africa, and <laughs> unfortunately, the rules and regulations are a little bit uh, a little bit stretched and and yeah, but basically, our bag limit that we're allowed per day is ten fish ten fish per person,
0: which yeah, is a little person. bit
2: ridiculous at times if you think you yeah, know if you think to yourself you know that you have six guys in the boat, it means you can catch sixty elephant which is crazy. The boat won't hold 60 elephants. Yeah. So we put a proposal, I actually put a proposal forward to them some time back to say, look, one or two per, we should just make it one or two per person It makes it sort of more sustainable. Very
1: sustainable, But uh, yeah.
2: we got a lot of other issues here at the moment, so I think that's the least of their problems
0: i think that's a a great concept and you know we we close a lot of our fishing down around australia at certain times of the year especially in um you know around the snapper season mackerel season certain types of that have you ever and i know you wouldn't want to leave where you are you've been there for 30 years and i understand exactly why after chatting to you for only eight or nine minutes we but have you ever fished australia or have you ever fished anywhere else in the world I've fished
2: in numerous places in the world. I I really have. I haven't fished Australia, to be honest with you. Um, There's a good mate of mine from here that's actually got a boat um, off the reef. They catch a lot of marlin up there. Mm. Uh, And and maybe one day I'll get there. But uh, I have fished in numerous places, America, uh, Europe, Turkey for bluefin. Obviously, a lot of the islands here locally, Mozambique, uh, Mauritius. I'm looking at possibly going to Mexico shortly. So, but hopefully, I'll get to get to Australia. My son was over there for the life saving world champs uh, a couple of years ago and uh, made some contact there for me. So, we'll get over there soon.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, just being an Aussie, and when you're talking about um, Mexico, the US, Turkey, South Africa. Don't race to Australia.
1: (laughs) No, well, no, hang on. I want to come over and fish with you, Sean, but if you ever come to Australia, mate, I'll take you out. We'll fight a few small blacks, a few Jewfish, and get you onto some nice estuary flathead, mate. Not a problem.
2: Uh, Sounds great. And uh, actually, the one that I'd love to catch is a barramundi. I hear all about this barramundi.
0: Well, there was only one just caught it uh, recently in southeast Queensland, which was 124 centimetres. So it was a big fish. And actually, I don't want to brag, but, uh, Herb, have you caught a barramundi? I have. Have you?
1: Yeah, but it was in a pond. (laughs) It was in a pond. (laughs) It was in a farm. I'm not going to lie.
0: Okay, and... And I caught, I caught, I caught one who's probably the least fisherman out of all of us. Yeah. And it was 89 centimeters. Yeah. But it was barbless as well. So that's a good effort. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Sean, we really do appreciate you joining us. We love catching up with people all around the world uh, who chat about one of their great passions, and that's fishing. If anyone's ever thinking about going over to South Africa, you've just heard so many reasons why. Big time. (laughs) Hooked on Africa.co.za. Sean, thank you very much. Cape Town is an amazing place.
1: Terrific, Sean. I can't believe it, mate. I'm booking a flight over as soon as I can. It sounds (laughs) amazing, mate. You take it easy, look after yourself, and keep catching some fish. Over.
2: Okay, guys, listen, all the best. Thanks very much. Appreciate the call. Um, Tight lines that
0: side, and we'll chat soon. Yeah, absolutely. Before we let you go, how do you reckon Herb would go in South Africa? He's the most Aussie bloke you've ever met. <laughs> well, there's lots of beers on the boat.
1: Oh, <laughs> we'll I'll put him into some I'm big there. fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let everyone else catch the fish, and I'll look after the esky short. Oh, we're done. We're sorted.
2: <laughs> I'll even give you we'll, a few we'll tips. We'll chase... We'll chase her around that boat, don't worry. Got a full walk around. We'll chase him around with a big fish.
0: <laughs> we had this guy, D-Mac Macker, uh, on a couple of potties ago. And when we you know, let him go, he told us a little bit of this story. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, we've got to share it with everyone because there's a message in it for absolutely everyone. everybody. What happened with your boat?
3: Okay, so pretty much... Myself, my brother, and a mate of mine, we went thirds in, a, in our dream boat, you know, uh, a 7.3 metre bar crusher uh, at nice. a hard top. At the time, they were, I think, there might have been eight bar crushers in Victoria, like the hard tops made. We'd had it for about six months, and, you know, it was our dream. We're getting out in the water, loving it, happy days. And, and, you, and, one,
0: and you and your brother get along perfectly, which is great.
3: Oh, like all brothers do, <laughs> mate.
0: You should see him carry on. And he's like Bill and Ben. It is just. Oh, if you ever want to go fishing for entertainment, go and watch them too. They argue all day, we, every yeah, day.
3: We, we tell each other how to bring a fish in. We tell each other how to fillet it a fish, That's gold. how to drive the boat, how to put the anchor down. We've all got tips on how to do it.
1: And, and I want to ask before you continue with the story, you just went halves in it. Who is the captain? Well,.
3: I actually own a majority of the boat, but my brother thinks he's the captain, he does <laughs> all the driving. So, uh, when when a mistake happens, we're all first out there to uh, give him a pineapple about how bad he didn't get in the <laughs> right spot, we're off the mark, all that sort of stuff. Hilarious. Um, yeah, so we, we bought our dream boat, we, we, we had it for six months, and then a friend of ours rang up and said, I've just driven past where the boat used to be, it was sort of on a half a main road where I live in Hastings. It's visible from the road. Um, and he says, oh, your boat's not there. Have you gone fishing? And we said, no, we haven't gone fishing. It still should be there. So anyway, my brother went there. had like a cyclone fence. That had been knocked down. The boat was missing. Someone had gone there at 2 a.m. and hooked it up and stolen our brand-new dream boat. Jeez.
1: Oh, and this is this is a $120,000 boat close to, would I not That's say? That's correct,
3: yeah. yeah. Not much change out of $1. twenty. yeah. Wow. And wow. uh you know, so they go through the process, the police come and, you know, do their thing. There's security camera from a servo over the road, but, you know, no yeah. number plate stolen, car stolen, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Club Marine send out their investigators to do their, do his job, you know, check our bank records, check our phone records to make sure there's nothing dodgy going on. But pretty much said a boat of this size isn't just an opportunistic person still on a boat. This will be a, a paid job, so you'll probably never see the boat again. And we're like, oh, you know, our dream boat's gone. Yeah,
1: oh, I'd be gutted. Peak
3: snapper season. We've missed out on, you know, four months of fishing. So we've pretty much given up. No one's heard anything. We put it all on on Facebook and, you know, everyone's sharing it and doing the right thing. Um, we are getting ready for the next boat show that was coming up, so we thought, right, you know, we're going to get an, another new boat. This one's only six months old, but we'll get another one. And then lo and behold, we get a phone call out of the blue from a police over in Cario in Geelong, which is probably four hours from where I'm from. Yep. And someone that just happened to be driving past this vacant paddock and noticed what looked like our boat, called the police, and lo and behold, it was our boat. No. So how, we got it back.
1: How did they like, – obviously, you had on Facebook or something. What,
3: yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was all over Facebook. It was getting wow. shared all through the state. Um, and just lucky. They just happened to spot it, and obviously they knew what they were looking at. And, yeah, we got it back. There was about 20K worth of damage. Oh. Huh. Need, needed a full new respray. Um, the cow cover on the boat was, on the engine was gone, you know, clipped all the wiring, um, stole the deck wash, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, but we, we got it back. What a Thanks waste. So, social media, yeah.
1: So what, what, what was it? Did, did... Did you see these people, like, when you went to get the boat or the cops do it, or how, how did you go about that? Nah,
3: the, the the cops the cops went. It was just a vacant block, so the cops went there, and obviously, you know, that block's registered under someone's name, so they contacted that person, and they just played played dumb and says, "No, You know, I haven't been to that property for yeah, wow. X amount of years, um, you know, so someone's just left it there. Yeah, so. but
0: you know what I hate about that is they damage it for no reason. Yeah. That's just, oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You um,
3: know, needed a full respray, all that sort of stuff.
0: Wow, well, the tip is there. Gutted. Yeah, absolutely. Tip is to uh, make sure you store them pretty well. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Keep your yes. eye on them. Put more well,
3: light. these days it's portable grinders. Like we had, you know, we had the, the chain lock on it. Oh, of course. We, the wheel say. lock, all of that stuff, but they just grind them off.
0: Well, yeah, unbelievable. Good in the end. Thanks, Macca. Good on you, Macca. No
3: good to see you, gentlemen. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and if you do see anything out there, hit us up on our socials. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Let us know uh, if you lose something, whatever it is. Yeah. Just uh, stay in contact with us. It is that time of the show. Tell us your misadventure out there on the water. And this
1: is why we want people to ring in with theirs because, you know, we can't listen to mine all the time, and I've had a lot. But one night, I mean, Froffies, a good cold beer and fishing goes hand in
0: hand. Responsible, obviously. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's why you got two hands.
1: That's exactly, that's exactly right. Run for the rod and run for the can. Now, on this particular night, we'd had probably a little too many. It was quite late. It was around midnight. Okay. Uh, we were staying on a, a decent sized boat. As they say, you'd probably
0: overcook the chook. We, we overcooked the chook a little bit, and we. But that, that happens when you get excited.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Normally the first night too, isn't it? It's yeah, normally the first it's the first night. first night. Is it a first night? Yeah, it was the first you could, night. You could nearly do a, uh, a part on the podcast. What happened on the first night? Oh. Because as soon as the boys or the girls, they all get together, it's suddenly, it's just so exciting. And oh. then, you know, you calm down by the second, third you, or fourth. You're fall. drunk with the anticipation. Yeah. It's, you know? it's so exciting. First night.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So <laughs> we've, we've got out there. First night, by about midnight, we're frothied up. We'd had a few influences, and, you know, influences back then, they were influences, not like you see on the internet nowadays. So anyway, we've decided in our wisdom after so many, we'd go and check the pots. They weren't far from the boat. Crab pots? Crab pots, yeah. yeah. So we're checking the crab pots. It's midnight. There's no one else around, so there's no one else we could really harm. But we had to get across to me boat, so we've jumped in the little dinghy from the back of the bigger boat, and and we've gone across, and we've the three of us have tried to climb into my little boat, which was a wobbly little boat called yep. the Rusty Buck.
0: Okay, can I ask, um, what were the nicknames of these other guys? Um, it wasn't really nicknames. Oh, okay. Just last names: Arwood, Sport.
1: You know, we we were just, we were just we we're just going to Arwood,
0: do, Sport, and Herb.
1: Yeah, we we're just going <laughs> to have a bit of fun. Yep. All right. So. We've loaded an esky with more beers because that's what we needed. Yeah. Um, you know, a packet of smokes in the pocket. We have we took a an esky with prawns and we've got to get all this stuff into the – we're going to eat prawns out there at midnight. I don't know why. but Anyway, our it wisdom – It sounded good. It was good. It was great. So we've got over to my boat, which was anchored up. We've tied then the anchor from the rusty buck to the dinghy because we're going to come back later and swap out and go back over the big boat. As we've done that, we've all proceeded to get into the dinghy and we've I've got in and as I felt water hitting me on the back, I'd realised we've all got in on one side no, and down she goes. <laughs> and I mean, so it's midnight, right? <laughs> I'm in a pair of overalls because it's pretty cool and the boat's gone down. Now, it's got foam in the seats, so it didn't go all the way, obviously. like The motor was just sitting above. The fuel tank floated out the back. The esky full of prawns had fallen over. All the prawns were scattered and drifting away. So we're floating downriver with the boat, trying to bale, all hanging on the outside of it, trying to get the water out of the boat, eating prawns <laughs> when we found them. The smokes were wet. We held the beers. Someone yeah. held the beers. I can't remember who it was, but they held the esky beers. I don't know how long it was before we got back in that boat with enough, not enough water to sort of sit in it and get motoring again, but we could not see the mothership. Oh. We'd gone that far, middle of the night, you know, sharks, whatever, who knows, we didn't get eaten. And bloody. We had that Lucky much... you weren't up
0: north, like well, further crocodile. up north.
1: Well, crocodile, the crocodile in Moreton Bay now. And we were close to there. So, yeah, by the time we got everything back going, <laughs> we'd found the Eskier beer, we dragged the fuel tank back into the boat. We, I could not believe it to my amazement. When we finally got the water out, I pull-started that motor and it went. Really? Yeah. So we made it back to the mothership, checked a few pots on the way, got a few crabs, went back to the mothership. And, uh, yeah, the king, who I call him, the old mate, the king. The him, king of the pin. He, uh, he ventured then to give us a 40-minute lecture to tell us how big a wankers we were. <laughs> and he wasn't far wrong. And we sat and listened to it and went to bed. So there, too many frothies in the middle of it. Nothing good happens after midnight. No. Nothing good. Nothing good happens after 10. No. You know, once you're at that, that stage, stay on board and have a sober driver, that's all I can say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget, make sure if you have got a good story, hit us up. Uh, the Anglers, we're on Facebook also, Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah. But that's all. Uh, make sure you tell your mates, tell your friends, and uh, ready for the uh, the next podcast coming Can't your bite.
1: way. I love listening to the stories. Get on there and give us a hit up and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Over. <laughs>